Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I am so thankful that you guys are here today. I am so excited to be chatting with my friend Allie all about pelvic health. Now, this is something that I became really personally passionate about after I had my second daughter, Juliet, and I had a fourth degree tear. You can listen to my birth story. That was last fall, uh, episode 17, 18, I think somewhere around there, where I share her birth story and I have been in pelvic floor physical therapy since about eight weeks postpartum and it has changed my life. It is so helpful. I am so thankful for the work of my pelvic floor therapist and really just have learned so much about what that looks like and how it can be beneficial. And if you are a woman who has given birth, and honestly, if you are just a woman in general, I think that there is so much to glean from this episode when it comes to your health. Allie is a follower of Jesus, and so she approaches pelvic floor health with that in mind. And so I think a lot of Christian women are afraid or feel shame around getting help that they need, honestly, with certain issues. And so she really dives deep into that, talks about her work as a therapist, and just breaks things down in a way that is like relatable, understandable, and explains what pelvic floor therapy really is. It doesn't have to be something that is sexualized. It's not sinful. And so with that being said, due to the nature of the conversation, she does talk about body parts and we do speak a bit more clearly or bluntly, I guess. And so if you have children listening and you're not comfortable with them hearing this conversation, Just want to give you a heads up. You might want to listen with some headphones in as we're talking about women's health. So I think this is such a crucial conversation to be having. I'm so thankful that you're here to listen. Let's get on in. Welcome to the Love in a Cottage podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and get to talk about something I absolutely love. So Yes, I feel like so many women are going to benefit from our conversation today, and I'm just so excited. I went to my pelvic floor PT appointment yesterday, and I look forward to it. I really love it because it's been so helpful. That is so awesome, and I'm I'm excited to hear more about your journey too with pelvic floor therapy. So um, yeah, just in general, I'm just excited that our field is growing so much that, you know, people do have access in areas where even just five years ago, there was only one, um, in Springfield where I live. So, um, wild. 
yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see it boom and grow. And um, so, yes, I'm very passionate about it too. Mm, yes. So we got connected actually similar to um, another guest that I had recently on the show. We were in a Happy Hormones course with Kinsey Olson um, from Motherland Birth Co. And I just loved that course. I learned so much and I feel so empowered and I don't know about you, but I have yeah. such fond memories of like all the things yeah. that I learned almost two years ago. Yes. And I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm super lucky too, because Kinsey's local to me. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. So we had a ton of connections before that course, but I was going through um, some thyroid dysfunction, but at that time and just, you know, doing that course really opened up my eyes and just one helps me help patients better, but two just really just taught me so much about my own body. And so, yeah, that's a little plug for Kinsey. If anybody needs hormone help, head on over to see her. So she's awesome. Totally. So you uh, mentioned that you live in Springfield, Missouri. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Southwest Missouri. Amazing. Can you share a bit just about your family and then we'll obviously get into what you do as well? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my name is Allie Shermer and I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist here in Springfield, Missouri. So um, I went to undergrad. I played softball at Missouri State and then um, stayed for PT school. And, you know, I have a husband named Zach and then I have a two-year-old son named Wyatt. And then we have a little girl on the way due March 18th. So that'll be, gosh, wow. my, my countdown tracker said 50 days. So we have a lot of changes coming up soon. And, but yeah, that's kind of about a little bit about me and what I do. And so, yeah, we, we love Southwest Missouri. It looks beautiful. I don't think I've ever been there before, which is funny because it feels like it's so close, but I want to move there purely because you guys have so many amazing like health professionals. <laughs> like we've worked with Leah um, with Flora and like her solid foods and then yes. with Kinsey and you. I'm like, I need to move there just to like have and raise my babies. <laughs> I, I, love, I love Springfield. I'm actually originally from Belleville, Illinois, right by St. Louis. Um, okay. But what kind of drew me and kept me here was just like it's beautiful outdoors and lakes and rivers and just like we we love to do all that outdoor stuff so um and then Springfield's just it's just, it's a fun it's a cool town so um we actually live in Ozark just outside of Springfield but yeah I know lots of fun cool people here that I'm so happy to be connected with too mm. So can you explain, first of all, for someone who doesn't know what pelvic floor physical therapy is and really how you became passionate about it? I feel like most women are told by their moms or maybe even doctors, like, practice your Kegels, and that's pretty much all they know. The rest is a mystery. Yeah. So, um, you know, if someone comes to see me or, you know, because occasionally – I'll get a referral from a doctor and the person comes in, they have no idea what pelvic floor therapy is. So yeah, I've got my spiel I'll tell to patients, um, but pelvic floor physical therapy or occupational therapy. So just pelvic floor therapy in general is going to be rehabilitation for your pelvic floor, which yeah, obviously that sounds pretty basic, but 
if you think about it, what I always tell them is, you know, I'm a physical therapist. So like if you hurt your knee or you hurt your shoulder, you'd come see me for one of those things, but I'm specifically trained in the pelvic floor muscles. So, um, I'm looking at your pelvic floor. I'm looking at the entire body. I'm looking at your scar tissue. I'm looking at what you eat, what you drink and, um, what your bowel habits are like, what your urinary habits are like. Um, and so I get to kind of take this huge big picture thing and then figure out, okay, why are we having pelvic floor dysfunction, which can include urinary incontinence, constipation, um, pelvic pain is a really big one that we treat, um, scar tissue, diastasis rectus is a big one for women postpartum, you know, at and like I said, kind of back to the pain, that can be a super broad range of things, whether it's low back pain, SI pain, pubic symphysis pain, uh, tailbone pain. So um, pelvic floor therapy is extremely broad. Um, there's a lot that we can do and treat, but I would say that most people think of us when they think about like incontinence or leakage of urine with certain activities or with when you get that urgency to go to the bathroom. Totally. Wow. That's so good. I feel like the first time I learned about any of this, I actually went to – it was totally the Lord like preparing me honestly for postpartum with Juliet because I did not look into any of this with Flora and then I had a C-section. So I felt like I didn't need to. Right. Um, but there was in our community in California, there was a PT clinic downtown right next to the coffee shop that we went to. Yeah. And they had a sign that said like free pelvic floor workshop, something like that. And yeah. so I went just like a few days before, or I'm sorry, a few weeks before having Juliet. And they were throwing out all these terms that you just shared. And I was like, I had no idea that was even possible. I was almost like a little freaked out. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I had no idea these can be issues like prolapse. I was like, what? Yeah, that's when I was just like, oh, I didn't even mention prolapse. And that's a big yes. Um, there yeah. are, and it can be so overwhelming. So, I mean, I would say like even on Instagram, I get so many messages of, you know, my doctor told me I had this and I'm so overwhelmed and I'm, I feel like I am losing hope because I'm like, can I heal from this? Is this going to be forever? And right. it doesn't have to be. And so that's a really cool aspect of what we get to do. Definitely. How did you get into this? I mean, did you go to PT school knowing this is the route that you wanted to take or did you just discover it along the way? Yeah. So no, not at all. I, um, I actually, when I was in high school, you know, I played sports growing up and I knew that I wanted to go into physical therapy. And so of course I always thought, Oh, I'd go the sports route. Then I actually kind of learned through being a college athlete. I was like, I don't think I want to work with athletes because not because I don't want to help them get to where they need to be, but with athletics, it's so hard because they don't, we don't give our bodies the time to heal. And, and that's a huge, huge part of it. So I know that I would always have this struggle of like getting an athlete just okay versus, you know, they don't have the time to get better. So anyways, my, my passion for that kind of strayed. So I thought maybe pediatrics and, and truly I had no idea about pelvic floor therapy um, until my second year in PT school. And I went on a couple clinical rotations and I went to a big physical therapy conference where they talked about it um, and I was kind of introduced to it. 
Um, what really struck me on that clinical was actually in Chico, California. I don't know how close you were to there um, when you lived in California. California is a huge state, (laughs) 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 but, um, but I went on a really great clinical there. And what I noticed was on almost 100% of the intake forms, no matter what age the woman was, um, no matter what they were there for, they weren't necessarily there for for pelvic floor therapy, they might've been there for shoulder or back pain, but they always marked urinary incontinence. And I was like, what, how prevalent is this? We shouldn't be peeing our pants. You know, we, we just shouldn't be doing this. So I went on a clinical, um, locally here with one of our like original pelvic floor therapists. She's one of my mentors and I learned so much and Um, What I learned through that was, and this was before kids, but I had so much pelvic floor dysfunction that I had had since I was a young teenager and um, just terrible habits that I was able to heal myself. And so I was sold personally and and truly my drive is just the impact that it creates for for someone. And, um, you know, well, I, one of your points was talking about, sorry, I'm, I'm spoiling one of your points was asking me about, you know, pelvic pain and, you know, when women first start having intercourse and marriage and things like that. And um, that is just one really cool, rewarding area I get to work in is helping women who have saved themselves or who have been through trauma or have never been able to have intercourse with their significant other or husband and, you know, getting to help them have that experience that's supposed to be a beautiful good God-given experience that's kind of, you know, stolen from them and they have no idea why. So Mm. yeah, it's, it's such a great field. And like I said, so broad, I mean, so many areas I get to help in and I get to help all ranges of ages. I work with pediatric patients all the way to 90 year olds. So I get to see that huge spectrum, which is fun, but my overwhelming passion, as you might see on Instagram is definitely pregnancy and postpartum. Wow. Yeah, I love everything that you touched on. And I think I I actually met someone at our new church who is also a pelvic floor physical therapist. And I got like so excited because for me and this journey I've been on since my fourth degree tear, I go every week and I have like seen the huge impact um, that it can have on like your daily life if you are having troubles with you know, your pelvic floor and um, just all the things that you listed, like as women, as wives and moms, like those things, whether you're consciously thinking about them or not, like totally contribute to your life and your quality of life. And so I think it'd be awesome. You were starting to touch on this, but like if we could just kind of talk about pelvic floor health in different like life seasons. So like dealing with pain and sex, like as someone who, like you said, is like having sexual intercourse for the first time um, and maybe it's really painful. I think that can bring, especially in like the Christian community, so much confusion and shame. And already if you're in an environment where you didn't talk about that growing up or you don't feel like you have people to talk to about that. I mean, I think of so many listeners who maybe like got married and moved to a new place and like, you definitely don't want to – hi, Juliet. <laughs> um, it's it's so hard and strange to think about like going to a church small group and being like, hi, I've been married for a few months and this is my experience. I mean, right. 
I guess, what would you, what do you want to speak to those women who are, regardless of how long they've been married or um, how long this has been happening, like, what do you want to say to them if they are experiencing this pain? So I like to shed a little bit of light on the why, because I think that that's always a big thing, especially, you know, I think being a believer and like believing in the gospel and just knowing the Lord's intent for sex and for marriage and like how beautiful it should be. Um, and then unfortunately, as any of us Christians know in Christian culture, that that picture gets muddied, right? So whether it's muddied because when we're younger, we have a history of abuse um, or we have abuse that we experienced in the church or even just abuse that or not, not even abuse, just not spoken over. Right. Like, so for a long time, it was like, sex, don't do it. We don't talk about it. You're not supposed to do it till marriage. And then we were, we're given this red light of like, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And then you get married and it's like, okay, this is good now. And how, how do we change, you know, turn that on in our brains? Um, or, you know, whether it's a woman who maybe didn't know the Lord before she got married and then carries this guilt and shame into her marriage of, you know, having this sin that she brings into marriage and then having guilt over that. And, and just, again, whether it was actual sexual trauma or abuse, or even just that guilt that we feel, um, or that you can experience can lead to your pelvic floor muscles tightening and causing pain. And some women don't even realize it. So kind of a long introduction to that. So, so I'm really passionate about um, explaining that to women when they come in and they've said, you know, hey, I've saved myself for marriage or, you know, I've been married to my husband for two months and it's been painful the whole time, but I want to serve him. And so they just deal with it. And we, we don't have to do that. So the biggest thing I want to say to those women is you don't have to just suffer through it and you don't have to go through 40 years of marriage. And that's the saddest picture I see is, you know, when I do see a 50 year old that comes in and tells me they've been in pain with intercourse their whole marriage and they've had three kids and, you know, so they've, you know, really, really suffered through that. Um, and it doesn't have to be the case. So, and, and again, we talked about Kinsey and I kind of, what I go back to with that is that I'm very holistic in my views of pelvic floor therapy. So when someone comes in and they explain maybe a trauma or even kind of an unacknowledged trauma that they're like, Oh my gosh, this is probably why I'm having pain. One, just acknowledge someone acknowledging that and being like, Hey, like you are so forgiven in the Lord. And if you're pursuing him and you have a relationship with him, do these things just go away? No, but um, if we can acknowledge that and work through it with like, you know, a trained professional counselor who knows the Lord as well um, and, and just get someone to help. I, I really like to use pelvic floor therapy as a multifactorial thing. So counseling, your nutrition, your hormones, you know, it's, it's not just me. And so um, I've really developed a picture of what pelvic floor therapy is, but with a team approach. I really like to have a lot of people on our team to, to refer to in those situations too. So yeah, broad answer for, <laughs> for that. And we can get more specific as you want, but, um, but yes. Yeah, so I think those are all kind of the big important points to cover. 
Totally. I love that you mentioned like having a team in place. And I think that is one of the biggest things that for me personally has been so instrumental in my healing is I have a therapist who I love and I'm a huge proponent of EMDR, which is a specific type of therapy that helps with processing trauma, um, you know, big and small. And um, so doing that combined with my pelvic floor physical therapy, it was amazing to me like how intertwined they were and how I was just becoming aware of like my emotions as they were happening um, and just like the tension that I was feeling in my body and how connected that was to my pelvic floor. Oh my gosh, like my jaw clenching and pain was totally tied to my pelvic floor. And I think that's what I've learned is like so sad is um, I always thought just like more Kegels, but for me, I was like really tense and I needed to learn how to like kind of be looser or learn how to relax, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a huge important point. You know, a lot of people, when they think of my job, they think Kegels and pelvic floor strengthening and we have to lengthen a muscle before we strengthen it. Right. We have to make sure that, you know, yeah, Kegels are just not always the answer for the pelvic floor and they can be a good helper when it's appropriate, but most people don't realize when it's appropriate. And so, yeah, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this when we started recording or if it was right before, but, you know, just kind of the overarching advice that some women get from their OBs of like, yeah, just do Kegels postpartum and you'll be good. And it's just not always the case. I did want to hit on too, before I forget, um, I talked a lot about kind of the guilt and shame side of pain that can occur, but also from your experience, and I've listened to your birth stories too. So I know even through there, but just that side of, you know, having a significant tear and then, you know, having fear over being able to have intercourse with your husband again after. And um, so there's a lot of aspects that you can have pain with. And then some women will develop pain while they're pregnant. And they, you know, a lot of doctors are like, oh, I won't send you to pelvic floor therapy until after. That just doesn't have to be the case. I've helped a lot of women through their pregnancies decrease their pain um, and be able to still enjoy intercourse and, you know, just what they should be able to with with their husbands. So, yeah, that's amazing. And I think I I could go on and on just about what a special breed (laughs) pelvic floor therapists are because. I feel like it's so important to have a safe space, um, especially if you have had a baby, to be able to talk about like sex after birth is such a huge can of worms. And like, I don't know, I whether that's friends are great, therapists are great, um, you know, your midwife and stuff, but I feel like having, again, that team and that support. Yeah. So like I've been able to – have my PT like check in with me and be like, okay, did you try? How did it go? And it's like just has felt more um, natural, I guess, because like that's part of what she's like treating me for. And it feels like I'm not just randomly bringing it up to someone, if that makes sense, but still just feeling supported in that because that is such an important part of marriage and your relationship with your spouse. And when you're sleep deprived and if you had any 
birth trauma. I mean, so many factors can combine to this like mounting fear and then just putting it off and that creates disconnect with your spouse. And that's something I'm like increasingly passionate about because I totally understand why all those reasons would be valid, why you wouldn't want to have sex. But I also just don't want women to like live in that and then go so, so long and that become an issue. So I love that you're able to help in that way. Yeah. And it, you know, it is, it's such, it's such an important conversation to have. I think a lot of women really prepare for labor and birth, especially, you know, kind of in the realm of like things that we're interested in, right? If you want to have maybe an unmedicated birth or maybe if your birth doesn't go the way that's planned or, you know, things like that. And so we do all this preparation for, how we want our birth to go. And then we kind of forget about postpartum. We don't realize there's tearing. We don't realize that we bleed for two to three to four to five weeks after having a baby. You know, there's just so much that women don't realize. And then they feel lost. And then you're not only lost in that, but you're lost in taking care of a newborn (laughs) and just trying to stay afloat. And um, so, so yeah, I think it's so important. And um, you know, just having those resources, having that team, and even just having someone on social media like me, like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I will be the first to admit I'm not the top influencer that posts daily. And that's just because I really have learned what I need for my family and have kind of prioritized that. But I love being a resource for women to just reach out and be like, hey, I I don't know what to look for in a pelvic floor therapist. I don't know what to look for in an OB. I don't know what to look for in a midwife. And just being able to kind of guide someone through that because it is, you know, I know what to look for in those things, but it's kind of scary to dive in and be like, well, I'm just going to trust my hospital and like, I just, this is what everybody does. So this is what I'm going to do. So I, I love being that source for women too. So even if they don't, aren't local or can't come see me, I can, you know, one, there's a lot of connections in the pelvic floor world. So I might know someone nearby um, and that's happened before, or maybe we can just look on a database and look for the person that wrote a really heartfelt bio. And I might be like, Hey, this is what they said this is probably a good one to try. And if it doesn't work, then you try another. And so, you know, I'm also passionate about that for, for my patients, you know, if they're not having a good experience with their provider, if they're not feeling heard, if they're not feeling listened to, whether it is a pelvic floor therapist, whether it is a counselor, whether it is your OB, just know that, you know, we all work for you, the patient. So, so you should be getting good care you're paying for it. <laughs> so I think for a long time, the medical system was backwards. It was like, oh no, you, the patient catered to us. And that's just not the case. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love your heart in that way and that you're willing to just talk with people and help them figure out what exactly to look for. That's so good. If you're in the market for unique whimsical decor, then look no further than Tumble. Tumble is a small women-owned business based in the Southwest selling handmade wall hangings, jewelry, and other home items made from resin. I actually discovered Tumble at the Yellow Conference in LA a few years back, and I have been a fan of their stuff ever since. Right now, I actually have a blush wall hanging in the girls' room, and I just can't stop looking at it. 
I was wanting this like Matisse inspired, playful, geometric art that was fun, but also girly. And this just 1000% fits that vision. If you want to get your own jewelry or home decor, visit wearetumble.com and use the coupon code page15 at checkout to save on your order. That's page15 at checkout or click the link in our show notes. This is actually a question I didn't prep you on, but I am curious, like, I feel like there's even so much mystery, which can cause women to be like, I just don't want to go. Obviously, every provider is different, but like generally, what can people expect? What exactly? I'm like, I think I'm going to put a little, uh, not warning, but at the beginning of this episode, if you have littles around, maybe put your headphones in because I want want you to be able to share like, I don't know, authentically what people can expect, you know? Yeah. And I think that is, that's such a great question. And, you know, obviously I can present what you'll get from me and every pelvic floor therapist is probably a little different, but in general, what you should get when you come to a pelvic floor therapy visit is that, you know, you're going to sit down with someone. Um, hopefully they'll be sitting with you for at least an hour. Um, at my job, thankfully we get 90 minutes with the patient, which I love because it gives time. And and I'll throw this in there too. We were talking about just feeling heard from your provider. And like you were talking about how you can actually relate and be like, my my pelvic floor therapist can understand what I'm trying to tell them. And it doesn't feel like a random fact that I'm just trying to share. And we get that time with, with patients, which is so nice because again, in that medical realm, we're slowly losing face time with patients. So the fact that we have that opportunity is awesome. But so yeah, so you'd sit sit down with us and we would tell, you know, have you explain your history and what's been going on. And, um, you know, I try to, you know, I'll guide with questions as I need to, but I try to let that be pretty open because um, sometimes by the time people see me, they've seen 12 different providers and I wish that were an exaggeration, but that can be the case sometimes um, in order to get an answer for why whatever's going on is going on. Wow. And so we'll do that. And then um, I personally, again, I do tons and tons of education. I am really passionate about women understanding their bodies. Um, and, you know, if I said, Paige, you know, let's let's go exercise your biceps. You'd be like, okay, yeah. Like I can look in the mirror. I can see what I'm doing. Whereas the pelvic floor is kind of this unknown area where like, you know, some, some women, it's like the first time they've ever looked at that area and they're like, yeah, wrong. (laughs) I'm, you know, you just don't know. And if you've never looked, you're like, "Uh, something must be wrong there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all different. We are all different. Each pelvic, I've never seen one same pelvic floor. So um, you know, that's, that's a whole nother thing too. So anyway, so I, I really educate on the muscles and function and the tissues and our organs and just how everything's related and how everything works together. If someone is having pain, again, I might go into that. Like if they've shared with me that they've had trauma, I might talk about the brain's connection with our pelvic floor and just our body, our physical body with trauma Mm -hmm. and kind of go through that. And then I give them the option. I, I ask if they're okay with it, I'll ask if they are okay with doing an internal and external pelvic floor exam. And I kind of explain Mm -hmm. that again, like an exam that you would have at your OB when someone's 
in pain, I explain, hey, it's super gentle. And, you know, sometimes people come in like really like gung ho, like, no, you're going to do this. Let me do it. But if I, you know, start that exam and I'm feeling a lot of kind of shut off with their body or just really a ton of tension and it's going to cause a lot of pain, I stop right there because yeah. if the experience that they have with me is bad, then each time their body's going to relate that bad experience and continue to close off. And we want to promote um, just that their body will be open to the experience and open to changing. So, um, so yeah, so it's really, I mean, really comfort level based thing. And I've had patients that I've never done an internal exam on the whole time. Now I prefer it because I think that it shows us, it, it gives me the best picture of what's going on. That's how I assess the muscles um, and check for strength and mobility of the pelvic floor. And again, the tightness of the muscles, scar tissue, all those things I can assess that really well. But again, I had a patient who had significant birth trauma and we didn't do an internal assessment for about eight months. And then she can have sex with her husband now and she can have an internal exam from her provider. And those were things she couldn't do. And we were just patient. So Mm. really very, very individualized, not the same treatment for each person. And then, yeah, we develop a plan of care for what's going to work best for that person. So, again, it's not going to be the same for every postpartum mom. I guess while I'm thinking about it, I'll just kind of hit on. Um, You'll see a lot of programs. You know, you'll see a lot of online postpartum programs. And there can be some really great ones. But, again, if you're someone who's having pain, it might not be appropriate for you to start a core and pelvic floor strengthening program. Um, it would be more appropriate for you to come see someone and, and start with those things you talked about, like breathing and stretches and tissue mobility first. So, and, you know, just because your pelvic floor is tight doesn't mean it's not weak. So again, the goal is that eventually you can promote pelvic floor strength and mobility, but it's definitely a balance. Yeah. Wow. You explain that so well and in a way that I hope just makes women feel comfortable and not like scared, especially if like you said, they've had trauma of any kind to go. I know that one of the biggest differences for me that I feel like it's literally been healing Mm -hmm. is the fact that you said it's like comfort based in that like I feel like my body associates going to therapy as like this is going to be a healing experience and I had an experience at the OB where I had some silver nitrate Mm -hmm. treatment internally and that was like I I had this like peaceful birth even despite the tear and then that experience six weeks after birth caused this like whole new wave of trauma and fear. And so I was really nervous because I started PT like two weeks later. And I feel like now between that and my my, uh, therapist who has done EMDR, I feel like it's been so helpful now where I can have this like internal work done and I'm not tense and terrified and my therapist – is similar in your approach where she always has me like rate my pain Mm -hmm. and 
she's like, okay, we're definitely not, you know, on a scale of one to 10, we're not trying to push you at all. We're not trying to go above a five. Like she doesn't want to hurt me. And I think even though I know that OBs or, or midwives, like they never want to hurt you, but sometimes there are things that they feel like they need to do. And that's just what's been so revolutionary for me is that like, I am in control. I get to choose that pain level. And that I think is what is so helpful and so healing. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing about our profession that I'm, I'm excited more and more OBs and midwives and just care providers are on board with sending women. Um, I think we still have a lot of work to do in that, but you know, I'm not going to deliver a baby. That's not my job, right? I can help women, learn how to open their muscles as best as they can and relax and breathe and really connect with their body. But just like it's not a obese role to teach someone or have the time to teach someone how to strengthen their muscles, they're, they're not, they're not trained in that. And that's my training. So I think if we, again, kind of back to that care team approach, like if we just start to connect with other professionals and realize like, Hey, let's, let's let them do what they're trained to do. And, you know, and I think the biggest, the scary part about that for patients is, again, finding someone that's passionate about what they do and that you can connect with. And so just having that and and being a resource for your patients too, I'm really passionate about that, that I have people I'm plugged in with in my community that I can send them to because I know, and I have that experience. Um, And even if I might love them just to educate my patients on like, Hey, I love this person and I really connect with them. That doesn't mean they're going to be the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I, I just, I think that that's so important and, and so good that you feel comfortable with your pelvic floor therapist and that, that you can grow and have a good experience with them and, and, and be able to be a mom and not have to stress and worry about those other things. Um, you know, yes, you might have to put some focus and effort into it, but, um, but you can heal. And that's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about being a mom. And right now I'm like (laughs) holding Juliet in the passy and I'm going to like walk the laptop so I can lay her down. But I would love if you could touch on more specifically with like pregnancy and postpartum, though I guess we've kind of just been talking a bit more about postpartum, but If someone is pregnant, um, maybe let's say for the first time and they're new to all of this stuff and they're like, okay, I want to be proactive and do everything I can, but, you know, how can pelvic floor therapy benefit me? Um, And again, maybe they don't have to be a first-time mom, but just what are some of the benefits for pregnant women to know about seeing a pelvic floor therapist? Yeah. So, so I really like with that question, I like to hit on what's common versus normal in pregnancy. So, um, you know, in pregnancy, obviously, um, your body's going to change and grow. You might feel some different aches and pains and, you know, you're going to probably increase your urinary urgency as the baby gets bigger and you're going to experience stretch to your six packs at six pack abs. And so women really freak out about that a lot of times because they're like, (gasps) oh my gosh, my abs are separating, but they have to, right? We have to grow and make room for babies. So they have to separate. So um, locally, actually, I teach some pelvic floor classes at the birth center. So one, if you have a place like 
you were talking about in California or, um, you know, a local hospital that has pelvic floor therapy, um, or even someone like me, there's a couple, well, I teach an online one, but it's like a four hour class. So it's a very broad pelvic floor class. Um, but if there is a class or even just like I mentioned, those programs, you know, that'd be a really great time to do a program if you know, hey, maybe I don't have pelvic pain. Maybe I don't really have any pelvic floor dysfunction right now that you've listed, but I want to make sure that I don't moving forward. Just those general education courses can be so helpful just to have more awareness and to know, know a little bit more about your body. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'd start. But Again, in general, in pregnancy, you know, I want to teach women how to have good posture, how to, again, keep your pelvic floor muscles mobile. So while strength can be important in pregnancy, it's also important to make sure that your muscles can lengthen and relax and that you, you can know how to breathe and that you know how to connect with your body, that you're still feeding your body good nutrients, um, that you keep your bowels moving. So let's get you a squatty potty. <laughs> um, Yes, I know that's a big thing of yours is like proper toileting, I think you said. (laughs) Yes. And and it is, you know, so many people have dysfunctional bowel habits. I mean, it is crazy. Um, And then, you know, it's really hard in the age of phones because we could just sit there for hours. Because especially moms, right? Like that's our- oh my gosh, it's like an (laughs) escape. Like, (laughs) I'll be back. I'm going to the bathroom. And, you know, 10 minutes later. Right. So. Just having awareness of those things. Um, and, you know, because again, in pregnancy, your hormones are changing, um, your bowels can slow down. And it's so important to make sure that we are protecting our pelvic floor to prevent things from happening after. And especially, you know, with constipation, you want to be aware of your pressure system and make sure we're not putting more stress on our pelvic organs than they're already experiencing with the baby being there. So, um, so yeah, wow. things we can do in pregnancy and then real quick, I'll hit on with that. You know, like I mentioned, I, I hear a lot of times women will say, Oh, my provider said I don't need pelvic floor therapy until after and say, maybe again, you don't have anything going on, but you just want to learn a little bit about your pelvic floor. You could always request for a referral just for some strengthening and some tips. And then, you know, I have women that I'll see monthly until they're due. And then after that, we'll bring them back in. And then we might just, again, do monthly visits just to make sure they're right on track with, with their pelvic floor. Or like I said, if you're having significant pain in your pubic bone or with sex during pregnancy, um, or any of those things, absolutely come to a pelvic floor therapist because you don't have to suffer through pain throughout your whole pregnancy. Right. I love that. And I feel like even just having someone lined up, like establishing beforehand because I said this definitely not to scare anyone, but it's like I remember first learning what a fourth degree tear was and being like, that is crazy. That is so painful. Thank goodness it only happens to like, I don't know, 3% of people. Like that's not going to be me. And then being shocked when it did happen to me, you know? And so when you're already in a state of, like you said, taking care of a new baby and your milk is coming in and so much is happening to not have to think about like, oh gosh, like where do I find someone? Who do I call? What if I don't like them? I feel like those are all barriers to getting the help that you need if you find yourself in 
a position needing care after birth. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes, finding someone local, finding someone near you. And like I said, even just reaching out to someone like me and being like, hey, you might not know anyone in this area, but I know how to work a database and I can find someone for you. So I think that's so important. And I do want to hit on too, I know you mentioned that you didn't have as much dysfunction pelvic floor wise um, after flora because of the C-section. Um, but for some women too, especially depending on the level of activity you're returning to, um, depending on how you scar, you know, seeing a pelvic floor therapist after a C-section can be super helpful because we can help move that scar tissue. Um, basically with scar tissue, whether it's a, like again, a perennial or vaginal tear, or it is a C-section scar, or even just a history of abdominal surgery, um, when you scar, your scar tissue adheres to all those layers. We've got, you know, skin, we've got fascia, we've got muscle, we've got, you know, all this connective tissue. And what used to move really nicely back and forth now gets all stuck together. And so a muscle can't function and recruit the best that it can if it's stuck. And we are trained to, to treat that as well. Mm, which is so helpful. I, I remember uh, asking my OB at my six-week appointment, you know, after my C-section, like, do I need to do any massage or anything? She's like, oh, you can order this scar tape on Amazon and that's all you need to do. And then seeing my midwife when I got pregnant eight months later, and she's like, you know, so how, you know, did you do any massage? How's that going? I'm like, I I like intuitively knew that there had to be something to that, but I just had no idea. So yeah. I love that that you're encouraging women, you know, regardless of their birth experience to come in. And I even think about just having my girls, how passionate because of my own health journey I am about. I want to teach them all the things, you know, so when they start their period, I want them to know about their hormones, about just all of the things that it means to be yes. a woman, even if someone yes. never experiences their own pelvic floor issues like to be able to speak about it to to your daughters is such a huge gift you know absolutely and to be open about it and to really open the conversation and I won't go on this rabbit hole (laughs) because I could go far down it but um you know I work with Pixie Cup a lot and uh they're actually a Springfield local company as well and I've done some TikTok videos for them that have been taken down and they're purely educational they're very clean. And then, you know, then we see some of the other things on the internet that are so opposite of that. And it's like, wow, we just, we have such a long way to go to teach women how to be able to talk about their bodies and educate. Um, and, you know, to have that open conversation. And like I said, even back to the church, like, I I think that that's thankfully a conversation that's more open of like, Hey, this is a beautiful thing meant for marriage. And this is why God doesn't intend it before marriage. And that's just because of look, look at how this can impact your marriage or look how this can, um, can kind of carry with you throughout your life. And, um, but it's meant to be such a good, beautiful thing. And so just having, just having open conversations about the pelvic floor and about our bodies, I think is so important. So yes, I love, love that passion that you have for your girls. And I'm so excited to get to have a daughter to share that with. Not that I don't, I I will totally empower my son with his body as well, but yes, (laughs) to be able to speak over that to another woman and, you know, hopefully do it 
I'm very thankful for, for my family and how I was raised, but to maybe do it a little bit differently and to be able to open up the conversation a little bit more. Yeah. How sweet. I love that. And yeah, you were speaking into this, but if there's someone who's like wanting to try pelvic floor PT and just like they feel this tension or confusion as a believer because it is such a like intimate experience, you know, and it it can feel, I think, wrong or dirty or strange or sinful, like you were saying about how some women feel just in general, like when they first get married and are having sex for the first time, like what do you want to say to them about um, your work and how that interacts with your faith? Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that I've had um, people like in the faith or in the church, or maybe again, from a kind of a more strict background and, you know, and, and again, you could really get into like biblically, like the meat issue, like what's going to really hinder your, walk with the Lord and how you feel about it. And, you know, so I think one, just being able to have open conversation with your significant other um, so that there isn't that shame and that, you know, um, it's so important to one communicate with them that you are having this, this issue that is causing an impact on your marriage um, and to have that open area of communication with them so that they might understand a little bit better and that there is, you know, maybe some relief in that feeling of shame or guilt there. Um, I think that's a really important place to start. Um, and two, you know, I always mention to women when they come in, and and it is really difficult, you know, for for a diagnosis called vaginismus, which again is probably the most common diagnosis that I would see with like like a woman who went into her marriage without, you know, maybe this is the first time they've ever had sex and they've saved themselves for marriage. And so what that means is that any sort of insertion would cause just extreme tightness of those muscles. And then it's extremely, extremely painful. And so one way that we treat that is with vaginal dilators. And so with that conversation, um, you know, sometimes I'll show them that the first visit and their eyes will get really big and they're like, I don't think I can take those home. And um, I just do a lot of education of, you know, absolutely, if this is something you're uncomfortable with, then, you know, you don't have to use it. But it's a, to me, I like to explain it as a tool in your healing. It is not a sex toy. It's not meant to be um, something for sexual pleasure. Um, it's meant to be therapeutic and to really help aid in their healing. And, and again, like I said, just a lot of women having tons of success with that. But again, if they are just so shut off to that, that like they are not going to be able to open up to that, then their, their body's not going to open up to that, right? Their pelvic floor muscles are never going to relax to the degree that they need to if they cannot accept that. So then we'll, we'll try to find other areas that, that would work for them. So, you know, it, it could be limiting if they're closed off to the experience, but my, my goal is that I educate well enough to know that it's, it's not a shameful thing. And that if, if you're using it for the purpose of what it's designed for, then, um, then it's not going to be used in that way. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because I know that that is going to help so many women. Mm -hmm. I had to get a pelvic wand yeah, and yeah. yeah, it felt 
like weird. And I, I definitely had to like process through that. Like, I know this is not a sex toy. I know this is not what it is used for. And it was like from a website that was by and for like pelvic floor yes. therapists, you know? Yeah. Um, and so even if it's Ali sharing her expertise and me sharing my experience, if yeah. you are resonating with this, I hope that like gives you permission to even yeah. just have that conversation with your husband about it and it is it's and on you know kind of back to the tiktok issue like that's a battle that pelvic floor therapists are fighting because can buy so intimate rose is kind of the main company that has pelvic wands and um so obviously you can always get it through their website but um it's now labeled as a sex toy through amazon what again for someone who has a maybe a again maybe grew up with abuse or experienced sexual yeah. abuse with those things and that would be a very triggering thing for them they have to go through this search process where now they're going down this hole of you know or even you know women in the church have experienced you know difficulty with shame and masturbation or things like that that they've learned to heal from and then having to go down that rabbit hole of searching for an item like that 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 should not be labeled that way is is really frustrating. So that's that's a wow that we're fighting. So if you do experience that, like I said, I would just go straight to their website and they're wonderful to work with. They're an awesome company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so using the wand and and again, sometimes I'll have my patients order the vibrating wand, and that's just because vibration helps stimulate blood flow. And so again, I really really try to educate to the level of, hey, I know that this. This might be used in this instance for pleasure. However, we d- we are not using it for that um, at all. We're using that to elicit a response in your body to allow your muscles to relax and to open and do what they need yeah. to do so that you can have this experience. Totally. That's so great. And ultimately, like you were touching on earlier, like sex within marriage was created by God. It is so good. It is a gift and it is pure and there is like no, meant to be no shame in that. And like, if that is what you are working towards with your therapist, like that, there's no shame in in that, you know? Absolutely. I'm pretty girly in a lot of ways, but mothering two under two honestly does not leave that much time for getting ready in the mornings. One thing I always look forward to though is my skincare routine and I recently discovered Osea Malibu. I am absolutely obsessed. Osea is a skincare brand with a radical commitment to clean ingredients and sustainability. Their products are made with earthen materials like salts, clay, seaweed, and essential oils. My current favorite is their algae body oil because my skin has been so dry this winter and it just makes my skin feel absolutely amazing. I also really have been loving their ocean cleanser. If you want to try Osea's magical skincare products, visit oseamalibu.com and use the code PAGE10 for 10% off your order. That's PAGE10 to get 10% off your Osea order, and you can also find the link in the show notes. So I am just like, I feel like we could talk forever because this is such a newfound passion for me, and I want to go back and like binge all of your things on Instagram because you have so much good free content there. But I kind of want to switch to a personal note real quick before we wrap up. You mentioned, like you said, that you're pregnant with your baby girl, which is so exciting. Just I want to know how you're feeling. How are you seven months, eight months? Uh, Gosh, I'm so much better at weeks. What is that? I'm 32, 33 weeks. 
Okay. So yeah, so I'm due wow. March 15th. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've really, thankfully, I'm so lucky. I have very easy pregnancies. And then I think just having my pelvic floor knowledge, I, I really speak to women over that of kind of I'm my own case study of mm. <laughs> um, how things can go in pregnancy and that, you know, yeah, there are things I've dealt with, you know, like when I had a bad cold, I might've sneezed a lot and experienced leakage. So there's a lot of things that I can relate to with my patients and be like, Oh, I got to work on training and I'm, I'm human too. So, um, you know, I always like to share that with my patients of like, Hey, I know I, I might not know your exact experience, but I have went through this too. And I know it's hard and I know we're busy and I know we're tired, but if you can give yourself this time, then you are going to be able to serve your family and serve your husband and just serve, you know, serve yourself so much better by, by just giving yourself that time. I think that's so important. Yeah. So, but yeah, so no, I, I kind of, I, I kind of love being pregnant. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, I felt great during this pregnancy and I, had with my son I had a pretty uneventful birth it was 30 hours which was pretty long and intense and yeah a little bit draining so I'm just praying over this next experience and just I think any maybe any birth experience even though everything went how it was supposed to for mine I might have had a little trauma from that after so um just looking for a lot of a a good redemptive experience and just having been through it before. And, you know, I, I like to encourage women to have birth goals and, and not have a birth plan because things, things change. And we, you know, safety is obviously most important, but how you feel and how you want the experience to go is also important. So I just do a lot of education on, you know, for me, unmedicated birth is, is what I enjoy and I've done the research to do. Um, but maybe you've done the research and you are so fearful of pain that you're just not going to have a good experience, then, then an epidural is the safest method for you. So, um, I, I like to empower women that way too. I know I'm kind of not talking about myself completely, but <laughs> always educating about the pelvic floor. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Truly. It's like whatever environment you're most comfortable in. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, I loved my home birth. I was so comfortable at home and mm -hmm. with my midwives and in that environment and Lord willing, I'll like do that again. And some women just like feel more comfortable and safe at the yeah. hospital. And that's yeah. totally, totally yeah. fine. Yeah. So to hit on my experience a little bit, I will have my, so I had my son at the birth center here in Springfield and this next one will be at the birth center as well. I really, really wanted a home birth, but my husband wasn't comfortable with it. Um, and yeah, said, no, it went really well at the birth center. So let's just do that again. So I'm, I'm a little sad because I, I would love to do a home birth, but, um, but at the same time, you know, your partner's comfort level with what you're doing, although they are not birthing the child. <laughs> <laughs> their support is so important and so if he's not comfortable, definitely I'm not gonna have a good experience because I'm not gonna be comfortable in that setting either so um totally so yeah so my goal this pregnancy is, or this labor is to labor at home as long as I can 
Um, my water broke really early with my son. So they had me come into the birth center. So long story short, I was at the birth center for most of the 30 hours. And I think, oh my gosh, yeah, was, was the struggle. So I'm yeah. praying and prayerful that I'll get to, to be in the comfort of my home for most of my labor. So good. Well, we will be praying for you in that too. And you touched on one more thing that I wanted to add to like the pelvic floor conversation. You just said something when you were talking about your own experience about how good it is to like carve out time for yourself in that healing or preparation. And I know that for me, um, and maybe for some women who this is like, uh, hindering them from seeking help with pelvic floor therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, and I know not everyone has this, but like my mom will watch Flora because it is just like not a doctor's thing where like she could come along. Right. Um, so that's something else that I don't know. I just want women to like consider too. And yeah. then Juliet, like I am really gracious, grateful that the the women uh, and the people who work at my clinic, they love her. <laughs> and so they will like hold her. And obviously that's everyone's comfort level. I actually went to high school with the girl who like runs the front desk. So that's part of why I'm like comfortable too. But even if like you have a girlfriend who doesn't have kids who can like come along and hold your baby, yes. I feel like that is even a factor. And I don't know, obviously you do this every day. So I don't know if you have any like recommendations for childcare. Cause you just, you do need to, to be able to relax and focus. And I've had sessions where Juliet's crying and I'm like worried about her. And so, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. And crying makes us tighten our pelvic floor. <laughs> um, but yes. No, yes. So thankfully the option was actually, and again, I work in a hospital setting, but the option was actually stripped from us for about a year and a half because of COVID. Um, whereas before I, you know, and moms could definitely bring their kiddos in. Um, I always encourage, and it just depends. I've had moms that bring three kiddos in and their kids are like angels. Now that is not always the case. So wow, that is the case, then they can work out. But if it feels like we aren't getting a lot done or, you know, I kind of just read the situation and, but I always invite women if the only option is to bring their kiddos, then absolutely. I would much rather a thousand times over them be there and, you know, us be just like working through that. And, and I love babies. So bring them in. Um, yeah. Again, at our clinic, it's, it's harder because it's a big hospital based clinic. And so um, I don't have that like small clinic feel where like, you know, the front desk person would be willing to hop in or, um, totally my birth center They they would just like grab the kiddo and be like, okay, go do your appointment. <laughs> um, yes, so but, but absolutely. I am all for women coming in for them, their healing, but kind of like what you touched on, if you do have the opportunity or availability to, um, give yourself that time to, um, one, it can be so hard to leave your baby, especially early on. So I just encourage just where you can, if you feel comfortable and if they have that opportunity where maybe their spouse could watch or their mom or, you know, whoever, um, then that's such a great time for you to just get to invest in your own health and, and have that time for yourself too. 
I had a mama come in yesterday who she's got three girls at home and she's brought her newborn with her every time. And I looked at her and I was like, you don't have any babies today. And she was like, I know. (laughs) And she just got to really kind of enjoy the experience a little bit when we were doing an internal pelvic floor assessment, but she kind of got to enjoy herself a little bit more. Yes. So, so yeah, so I am totally long story short, totally open to whatever the experience needs and how to serve my patients best. But if if it seems like it's something that maybe is hindering, then I might have that conversation with them of like, hey, this might be good for you if you if you have this opportunity versus like I would never shame a woman if there's just no other option. So and again, we totally used to at our hospital where there was childcare um, and there's not anymore. <laughs> Wow, oh, that is such a such a bummer because I I think about how holistic healing is, right? There's like therapy for um emotional support and mental health things, there's physical therapy, there's like appointments with OBs and midwives and I think because of whether it's you know, like sheer logistics where it's hard and there's not childcare options and maybe, you know, your child has special needs and it's just hard to like be outside of the house or maybe you're a new mom and you're just like overwhelmed. You know, all of those things are so valid. I just am so sad and and so passionate about women like trying to figure out if they can at all to make it work because all of these ways that you will be able to like heal your body and your mind and support yourself is going to contribute to your like health and you being able to be the best like wife, mom and Jesus follower that you can be. Yes, absolutely. 100%. So yes. So hopefully your PT or like I said, there's pelvic floor OTs as well, but hopefully your pelvic floor therapist is just receptive to whatever your needs are. And that's, that's the goal. Allie, we were going to talk about your Airbnb, but we're already at the one hour mark, which (laughs) is so sad. I wanted to hear more about that. Um, But another time, do you have like an Instagram for that at all? Or I feel like, was it a highlight? No, but you know, my Instagram is kind of, again, like, you know, I'll, I'll make a reel or something and I'll get a bunch of followers and then I'll get unfollows and it it doesn't bother me at all. Cause I'm like, but I'm, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place. I share about my personal life. I share about kind of our ventures with that, but yeah, I mean, we're trying to get into real estate investment and just have some just long-term growth for our family in that way and have some, you know, eventually hopefully some passive income there and, and really just to open up a little bit more with my career. um, Cause I, you know, as much as I love what I do, Um, you know, I think for any profession, you can have burnout if you do it too much and 40 hours a week is just a lot. Um, so I work and I'm off on Wednesdays, thankfully, but, but with what I, so I, I work a little bit at our local college that I went to Missouri state. Um, and so that'll actually open up some opportunity for me to cut back on my hours after this next baby, which I'm excited about. Um, but yeah, so hopefully those opportunities will just allow our family um, a little bit more financial freedom. And um, it, it's so funny. We're redoing our kitchen cabinets. Um, <laughs> and I posted about input and it, people just love like renovation and flipping. It's so funny. Oh yeah. So that is fun. I mean, I, we enjoy it. It's, it's hard work. My husband does most of the work. We don't hire a lot out. Um, 
But yeah, so we, we did. We did our first Airbnb and it's going really well. It's in Branson, Missouri. So just a little one bedroom condo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, lots of lots of new things there. I don't get to help my husband with a lot of those things because I'm busy with, with just work in general. But um, our hope is to have two or three more of those in the next couple of years. So wow. That is so exciting. I love hearing about that. That's like a far off dream that we've talked about. And Patience Axman, I think on episode six, talked about their experience with an Airbnb too and how instrumental that has been in like paying off their debt. So I love hearing about that. So I am going to ask you a few just rapid fire questions that I like to ask every guest to wrap up the show. And the first one is what are three things that you have been loving lately? So, um, and it's funny during this pregnancy, I've totally with my son, um, I like, I didn't want coffee or anything, but I just enjoy like maybe every other day I just enjoy like any of our local coffee shops and just getting, you know, a small coffee. Um, so that's one thing I just, I love like the atmosphere of a local coffee shop and just, again, kind of just the local atmosphere in general. So I love yeah. going to the coffee shop and interacting with, with those people and just kind of having that sweet little experience. Um, so that's one to my son is a two-year-old and he is oh gosh uh how old's flora flora is not quite two right she turns two in march okay okay so she's her and wyatt are pretty close um he turned two in december but yeah so and you have two under two (laughs) so different experience for you but i'm just loving like learning who he is and his personality and don't get me wrong. It can be really hard. Tantrums are a real thing and they make me question my sanity and, um, just like, you know, I have my days where I'm like, I'm not a good parent and, um, it can be so difficult. So it really challenges me, but he is just so funny and he just like, he's been doing this thing lately where he'll, run up to you and be like, I'm going to get you. And then he'll say tickle, tickle. And it's just so funny. I'm like, where did you get this? And <laughs> so I've been really enjoying that. And then, gosh, what's a third one? I, you know, any like shows or books or yeah, that's, food? Well, I have actually, this is, I love Ina Mae Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth. My older sister is actually a doula and she gave it to me with my first pregnancy. And for some reason, um, so before I got pregnant with Wyatt, I was so into birth. Like I had listened to uh, one of my favorite podcasts is called the birth hour. Um, and I'd listened to just ton of tons of those. And I kind of like, just like kind of stopped everything with my pregnancy with Wyatt. So, and because I had done so much preparation, I think I was just like, nah, I don't want any more input. But with this pregnancy, I really enjoyed listening to that podcast again. And I love Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I think it's so good and just so eye-opening. And it's honestly, a lot of what she shares about birth has helped me in my practice with people with pelvic pain and um, wow. ways to look at things. So I've been really enjoying just kind of slowly getting through that book. I'm not a great reader. <laughs> 
Um, but Same. I, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so those are three things that I've been enjoying and I'm really looking forward to the weather warming up. I know that's not one thing I'm getting to enjoy right now, but um, like we had COVID last week and it was like 10 degrees outside. And I was like, if I could just go sit outside today, I'd feel so much better. Yes. <laughs> so I can't wait for that. Um, but I know we've had such a mild winter, so I can't even complain. But Totally. I know. I We're in Kansas, so neighbor states. Yes. And it just pains me to hear people talking about how mild the winter has been because like, what do you mean? It's so cold. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, man. So you are due in March with your baby girl. And I would just love to know how we as a community can be praying for you. Obviously, that's like a huge yeah. prayer request. Yeah. Well, I would just say just in general in motherhood, I've, I've, I've definitely struggled with my walk and just consistency. So I always, when I sit down and pray, I always ask for consistency and it's just such a different season. You know, before I had kids, I could sit on my couch in the morning and drink coffee and like really feel like I was able to focus in the word. And I really valued that journaling time. And I just feel like since I've had Wyatt and it's, you know, it's been two years um, and I don't ever like to use that excuse and then COVID. So my son was born December 2019 and then COVID started March 2020. And so just having consistency with going to church and, um, you know, all those things. So I'm, I'm really prayerful that, um, again, now that I've had COVID, I'm like, now I'm going to church, let's go. So, um, but I'm, I'm really prayerful that just life can, have just some consistency with that and, and that we can get back to church. And I, you know, I really want my son to know who the Lord is more than just through what I can show him as well, just with community. Um, and just really prayerful over that with my daughter. So, um, so yeah, so my, my big prayer is always consistency, but, um, just, just super prayerful that the Lord gives me peace and, you know, even if I can't sit and journal every morning, like I would like to with a cup of coffee, you know, that however it looks, as long as I'm pursuing him, um, it doesn't have to have like be perfect right now. I love that. Yeah. We'll definitely be praying for you in that. And I know that is such a relatable experience for so many moms who are like, what the heck? I don't have the mental capacity or the time to like shower. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to be like find time to to journal and to be with the Lord? And I feel like it's just this unlearning and relearning of of what that looks like. So yeah. Yeah. we will be praying for you in that. And where can people find you and connect? Because I know our listeners are going to be very, very eager to follow you, talk with you, learn from you. Yeah. So my Instagram is Allie Shermer DPT. So it's A-L-I-S-C-H-E-R-M-E-R-D-P-T. Um, and, you know, if they like went and searched through yours, I think we follow each other on Instagram. So they could always do that. Um, and like I said, I'm so happy to just chat with anyone. You know, I always try to take the time. I try not to read my messages until I know I have the time to respond because then occasionally it goes on. <laughs> 
And so occasionally I'll read one and then I'll click unread. So if you're like, I thought she read this and then it says unread now. Um, but it's just, it's I, me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like to have that, like just heartfelt response and not just, you know, me just kind of throwing information. Yes. That's a great way to connect with me. Now I have a blog. I started during COVID because when COVID started, I was actually displaced from my job from three months for three months. So I sat in an information desk and I enjoyed blogging so much. So I actually don't have the mental capacity to come up with blogs as often anymore. So, but what I do have in my blogs and I still have it listed on my Instagram is just some super basic, like if you go through them, I talk about pain a little bit. I talk about um, your transversus abdominis muscle. I talk about breathing. I talk about Kegels. So I have some just real basics. And a lot of times when women are like, Hey, I just want baseline strength. What do I do? I send them over to my blog and say, Hey, look through some of these. My favorite thing on the blog is that I have a resources tab where, um, at the very top of that resources tab, there's, um, if you're from Missouri or Arkansas, I've got a bunch of, uh, pelvic floor therapists listed there that I've connected with over the years. And then um, there's two databases. So you can search your location. And then, like I said, you'll see for some of them, there might not be any information on that therapist. It'll just say that they're there. Um, but they have the opportunity to write a bio. And so you might be like, oh, I love what they said in their bio. And um, that's what has drawn a lot of patients. They'll be like, oh, my doctor said this and I read your bio and I loved it. And I'm like, oh, there's like four other of us here. But the, just the fact that the the other ones didn't have a bio on there, they chose me over the other ones. So yes. So yeah, so that's a great resource too. So I'm always just always happy to help and, and get you the help you need. Awesome. Ali, this has been so helpful for me. I've loved chatting with you and learning from you. And I am just so, so excited to share this conversation with yes, our listeners. I, I know I told you before we started recording, but I just love this podcast. I love um, your heart behind it and I enjoy listening to it. And I think you do such a great job of just guiding conversation. Oh. And, um, <laughs> so you really have a God given ability for that. And um, just so happy that you, you reached out to me and I got to be a part of this experience. Thank you. Thanks so much, Allie. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you liked today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. <laughs> we share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode. 